0: Barry Kalbo's Wheeze factory, now salmonella-free. Two months ago, chocolate giant Barry Kalbo shut the doors to one of its largest factories situated in Wies, Belgium, over an outbreak of salmonella found in batches of lecithin. The contamination required chocolate production at the facility to come to an immediate halt, while it underwent a deep cleaning process to rid the location of the harmful bacteria. The company has recently announced that they have resumed operations as scheduled, albeit at a reduced rate. We remain cautious because this operation is unprecedented, the process of cleaning and disinfection takes a lot of time, said Cornel Warlop, a representative of Barry Kalbo. On June 17, the Belgian health authorities announced that the chocolate factory may reopen for a three-month test phase. The factory is currently running only three of its 24 production lines, with the first delivery already having taken place. Worlop said that they expect to reactivate more production lines in the weeks to come. The incident highlights just how impactful such an outbreak can be. I expect a 2% group impact on a full-year basis from the factory's temporary closure, its biggest in around a fifth of group volume, said John Cox, analyst at Kepler-Shivrex. The plant doesn't sell chocolate directly to consumers, but rather supplies ingredients to many of the well-known industry names, such as Hershey's, Nestle, and Unilever. Cocoa farmers in Côte d'Ivoire and Ghana
1: expect lower yields as fertilizer becomes unaffordable. Cocoa farmers in Ghana and Côte d'Ivoire are likely to suffer poor yields, as they cannot afford the cost of fertilizer, reports Reuters. The price has doubled and, in some cases, triple from a year ago, farmers lamented. Nitrogen-based fertilizer such as nitrogen phosphorus potassium, NPK, costs between 36,000 and 38,000 CFA francs, 57 to 60 dollars, for a 50 kg bag, more than double the price in 2020 and 2021. In Côte d'Ivoire, the regulator there, CCC recommends the application of fertilizer at least once a year, but in the current climate there are many farmers who haven't even done that. This year I didn't do anything, because I couldn't afford to. Said Fulbert Kwame, who farms eight hectares in Subra region. A 50kg bag of NPK fertilizer costs at least 320 Ghanaian sadis, 35 in Ghana, which imports about half of its fertilizer from Russia, up from 108 sadis last year. I didn't even have enough money this year for my family and me. I prefer to skip the fertilizer treatment this year, even though I know my production will drop. I have no choice," said Jerome Opia, who farms three hectares of cocoa in Ghana's western region. In addition to the increased cost of fertilizer, the Ghanaian currency, Sadi, has depreciated against the dollar, as have most other currencies. The SADI is now worth about 30% less than it was last year. This is good news for the respective countries that sell the cocoa for dollars and pay the farmers in their local currency, but it is bad news for the farmers who have to buy inputs like fertilizer and pay in foreign currency. Ghanaian cocoa farmers receive coconut seedlings in body Assembly. A total of 55,000 coconut seedlings have been donated to farmers in the Sefubodi district of Ghana's western north region under the Planting for Export and Rural Development project. The project seeks to provide an extra revenue stream for the local farmers by diversifying their offering to include crops other than cocoa. By boosting the local production of the crop, cocoa farmers will be able to supplement their income while simultaneously earning some foreign exchange for the country. Diversification of crops is a key factor in the battle to keep cocoa farmers out of poverty, particularly as the effects of low yields and diseased cocoa crops are still being felt. The district chief executive of the area, Mr. Ignatius Akwasi-Amankwa, indicated that the addition of coconut farming was necessary to combat the financial impact of depleting cocoa production, which he partly attributes to galamsey activities. He encouraged the farmers to plant the new crops at a suitable time and be mindful of their agricultural practices to ensure a good-sized yield. Mr. Amankwa said that the government is ready to change the economic condition of the people through various initiatives. As cocoa is a seasonal crop, it is important that cocoa farmers have additional opportunities to earn an income during cocoa's low season. Malaysian grinder Guan Chong delivers strong Q2 results. Guan Chong BHD reported a 22.59% increase in net profit for the second quarter, ended June 30, 2022 from 36.39 million Malaysian Ringgits in the previous quarter. This was due to improved grinding margins as well as higher sales tonnage of cocoa ingredients following the recovery of global chocolate consumption after the pandemic. The company which is Malaysia's largest cocoa grinder, is mainly engaged in the manufacture of cocoa-derived food ingredients, namely cocoa mass, cocoa butter, cocoa cake and cocoa powder. Revenue rose 36.67% to 1.2 billion ringgit, $268.7 million, setting a new record for the company, compared to 876.23 million ringgit, or $196.1 million in the same period last year. The figures were partly due to the fulfillment of order backlog as well as some price increases for cocoa solids. GCB Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer Brandon Yen said. The results reflect not only the recovering market but also our continuous effort to strengthen our operations with efficiency and meet the needs of our markets in Asia, Europe and the United States. He continued. In the meantime, we will remain guarded on the industry outlook in light of the ongoing inflationary pressures faced globally and higher energy prices in Europe. However, net profit for the quarter fell by 16.25% even though revenue increased. This was not explained in the report but could be due to higher input costs. Tayo Yan also drew attention to the company's factory being developed in Cote d'Ivoire, which he said is progressing well and nearing completion. Once finished, the plant is expected to increase the group's annual capacity by 22% to 337,000 metric tons. Even so, our financial upside continues to be positive, as our new grinding facility in Ivory Coast will commence operations soon. The new plant will not only reinforce our position in the industry with a larger grinding capacity, but also help attain sustainable growth to our future earnings. Said Tei Ho Lien.
2: Nestlé's Chocolate Theme Park Opening in 2025 Nestlé's upcoming chocolate theme park will be built in Gruyère, Switzerland in 2025. The Swiss chocolate giant has plans to open a cocoa-dedicated theme park in its home country, specifically in Gruyère, a region some claim as the chocolate capital of the world. Swiss newspaper Le Tamp reports that the ambitious project is due to be complete by 2025, with preparations already underway. The theme park is set to be an expansion of the Maison Kayla site in Bruck. The chocolate factory is the oldest in Switzerland, having produced chocolate for nearly 200 years. It seems appropriate, as the project's manager Olivier Quillet notes, that the theme park will not have any adventures or rides, but will instead be focused on the history of cocoa production. Nestlé has an opportunity to lay bare some of the challenges the industry faces, and to disrupt the mindset of those attending, allowing them to become more open-minded about what they are willing to pay for chocolate in the future. I wonder if they have the courage to do this. Visitors will be taken on a journey to gain a better understanding of Coco's history, although we suspect that the darker side of the industry, such as indentured labour, deforestation, and farmer poverty, may not make it into the family-oriented display. Being situated in the oldest chocolate factory in the country makes sense, and in fact, the factory already houses an interactive chocolate museum, which is ranked as the third most visited museum in Switzerland. Nestlé has invested approximately 80 million Swiss francs in the new project, which it expects will host
3: 1 million guests annually. The incoming European laws over proof of origin have been the catalyst of new supply chain initiatives. Godiva, which sources its cocoa from the two largest producers, Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana, hasn't always had a great track record for its ESG approach. In 2020 they won the Rotten Egg Award for Worst Performing Company. Mighty Earth had this to say about their environmental and labor practices. Chocolate maker Godiva was given the Rotten Egg Award, for failing to take responsibility for the conditions with which its chocolates are made, despite making huge profits off its chocolate. Godiva rated poorly across the board. In 2022, the same annual survey found Godiva had moved up from a red to an orange status, having made marked improvements in several key areas. The engagement with organizations like Earthworm will hopefully continue the upward trend. The joint Godiva and Earthworm press release follows. Our work together will begin with an initial six-month phase. Focused on laying the foundation for implementing Godiva's Cocoa and Forest Initiative, CFI, commitment to protect forests and the rights of people linked with growing and harvesting the cocoa used in its products. The CFI is led by the governments of Ghana and Ivory Coast, the two biggest cocoa-producing countries in the world, along with many leading cocoa and chocolate companies, including Godiva. CFI's aim is to end deforestation and restore forest areas. In the next six months, we will support Godiva to draft and publish a cocoa position statement and improve traceability. The position statement will help Godiva clearly communicate its commitment and expectations related to sustainable cocoa. Traceability work will then provide a holistic view of where all cocoa and Godiva products comes from, so that a comprehensive approach can be taken to address environmental or social issues in its supply chain. This work will be the foundation for Godiva to support industry transformation. Additionally, Godiva is supporting an Earthworm Foundation morality Project in Subra, a key cocoa-producing region in the Ivory Coast. Godiva is dedicated to our vision for a sustainable and thriving cocoa industry where farmers prosper. Communities are empowered, human rights are respected, and the environment is conserved. We are thrilled to partner with Earthworm Foundation and support their incredibly crucial work to make value chains an engine of prosperity for communities and ecosystems," said Annie Young-Scrivener, CEO of Godiva. Earthworm Foundation has two decades of experience of transforming supply chains. Our work supporting cocoa businesses and government to protect forests around the world and address human rights issues found in cocoa supply chains began in 2013. We are excited to partner with Godiva and believe that together we can help tackle cocoa-related deforestation in West Africa, which will also help create increased value for cocoa farmers. During the first six months of our partnership, we look forward to collaborating to build the foundation needed to actively protect and regenerate forests," said Bastian Sachet, CEO of Earthworm Foundation.